Southeast Radio's morning mix. Chat, news, and your views. Alan Corcoran. I'm joined by Independent Councillor Ger Carthy to discuss a wide range of issues, particularly health. But Ger, it's the first comment I have here in front of me this morning, and I'm sure it's something you as a councillor come across on occasions. P- elderly people who are afraid of their life to walk out of their front door. Yeah, good morning, Alan. Good morning. We are you and indeed your, your listeners. Yeah, it's, I suppose, becoming more prevalent in, in built-up areas and urban areas in relation to scooters. I think it's something that is currently being legislated for and will come in under the remit of Angarda Shiakana. But until then, I suppose, it's a, it's a great area and a difficult area, but if the council can help and assist that lady out, whether, you know, the public realm outside her house, so we'll do that if you want to okay. give us the details. Okay, Pat, well, we will pass on the details from this lady who's asked to remain nameless, but it is an issue we've heard uh, not just in one part of Wexford, we've heard it raised by several people. Uh, so uh, thank you for uh, agreeing to, to, to take a query from that listener. Now, let's look at uh, the state of play. The, the ambulance service itself has been under ferocious pressure. We've heard from your colleague, um, Fiontano Sulawan, your council colleague. Um, he, he gave me a list, the length of his arm, and even longer than his arm, of people who contacted him. Uh, with problems in time delays for the ambulance service. You are a paramedic as well as a counsellor. How, how bad are things at the moment? Uh, quite bad, Alan. Um, you know, a serious volume of calls across the, the county and have been for the last number of weeks. Um, there's no point in skirting around that. That's the, the current situation we find ourselves in. We've... Uh, a large number of people of our staff members out with COVID-related issues, whether it be COVID or close contact, and it's becoming uh, ever more difficult to manage uh, the National Ambulance Service and indeed the Health Service um, during this current pandemic wave. And I suppose it's so transmissible, and you know it's causing problems for us. I know that Fiontan has uh, a number of issues in relation to cause that there was a delay in, in attending. Uh, I'm certainly not going to skirt around that. Uh, it isn't acceptable for someone to be on the ground in Gory for however long that was, but in the investigation and the fullness of time will we'll give us those findings. But what I would say is I'd ask the, the public to be patient with us and indeed they only attend uh, ED in the case of a, a dire emergency or ring an ambulance in, in the same circumstances. You know, our CareDoc system, and I'm not here to, to defend CareDoc, but I think that's nearly at breaking point. Um, the National Ambulance Service is under serious pressure, as is the ED department and the hospital here in Wexford. So the health service as a whole is in, in a very difficult place at the moment. But let's hope in a number of weeks that that will, will start to ease. Yes, uh, ambulances were asked to divert away from, um, were instructed by the head of the HSE to divert away to Waterford a week last Tuesday night for four hours. That was to give um, protection to the emergency department in Wexford to get their numbers down. They had presentations somewhere in art of 90 on that, on that day in question. So that was agreed at, at a very high level in the HSE and that was done for a number of hours that patients were brought direct to Waterford and direct to Vincent's in Dublin for a four-hour period so they could give Wexford General an opportunity to I suppose, to have a safe environment to treat their patients. And this is all about patient safety and, you know, just contingency plans put in place. But, they, you know, they're, they're tested in the context of patient safety. Uh, I use the Ambulance Officer for Wexford and have every confidence in my staff. They're highly qualified yeah. paramedics and advanced paramedics and emergency uh, medical technicians 
who have the, the training and, and indeed the, the know-how and the ability to transfer patients from Wexford to Dublin right. without any issue. So I just want to reassure the public that the travel distance isn't an issue, but look at the health service is under major pressure and has been and will be for a while to come. And they're just going to have to be patient with us. There are a number now of comments, Ger. There are a number. I just want to bring one from uh, a listener in the Gory area that I read out yesterday. He had to ring an ambulance for his ten-year-old daughter. She had a diabetic attack, going into a coma. Very frightening experience. She rang the ambulance at eleven fifty. They arrived at the house at one fifty-five. The ambulance that came was the new Ross-based ambulance, and it was dispatched from Kilkenny as they were on a call up there. When they got my call, it was an experience I hope no one else will have to go through. I also, had a text from a listener who said that they live five minutes away from the ambulance station, and the ambulance had to come from some other county. I mean, the logistics of all of this, Jer, could it be done better, do you think? I suppose, Alan, with the greatest respect, I have, I can't, I'd have to take the veracity of those statements. I can't just take them okay. on a whim, but what I would say is that is a dynamic deployment model used across Europe. Uh, that's the same system that's used in Ireland, but as I would say, as I alluded earlier on, we've had ambulances waiting two and three hours to unload at Wexford General, Board of Regional, and St. Luke's is as bad as Wexford General. So, I mean, where the call comes in, the highest priority gamma dispatched. And if it's a lower priority, unfortunately, we'll have to wait. Yeah. But as I said, we're, we're, we're understaffed and under-resourced, and it's very difficult to get staff in uh, because it, it takes nearly two years to train a paramedic. And with the best will in the world, you know, we, we could do somewhere north of 600 paramedics across the country, and that's on the public record. It was in a, on an Oireachtas committee meeting only a couple of weeks ago. Right. So that's the situation we find ourselves in. But we will endeavour to do our best to deliver the most appropriate and safe service to the people of Exeter. Could there be a push made in organisations like the Civil Defence or the Order of Malta where there are young people training? Could, could they be targeted and uh, given, I suppose, encouragement to become paramedics? And I know there are people within the Order of Malta who want to become paramedics because I was speaking to the commander, Dave O'Grady, and he was telling me there was people interested in doing that. Is that, is that something that could be done where organisations like these could, could be targeted to get the people you need? Because we, we're led to believe there's no shortage of people getting uh, paper jobs or office jobs in the HR see at the moment, but uh, there's a huge problem trying to get staff in at the, on the front line. Yeah, and there's a, there is a, no, a large number of people leaving the front line, um, whether it be nursing staff or paramedics or advanced paramedics to go into HSE office jobs because it's an, it's an easier uh, day's work and the, the pressure that, like, as I, I alluded to, you know, people are talking about opening up nightclubs, etc., but many of these people that we speak about that have moved from the front line have been standing in uh, personal protective equipment for 14 and 16 hours a day. You know, uh, you know, and that, that's some of the, the major issues. Like, that's serious pressure physically and mentally on any individual. Right. So I would encourage anyone that's interested in a career in the National Ambulance Service to, to contact us or indeed publicjobs.ie uh, and we'll certainly uh, right. do our best to endeavour to have them, have them trained. We're going to change how we do business in relation to how we train staff and that's a uh, development model at the moment and uh, is due to be launched early uh, in February by the, the Minister for Health. So mm. there's probably going to be brighter days ahead, but we, we are experiencing very difficult times at the moment. All right, just before we conclude for the moment, and I will get on to Ireland East and also onto the HSE for an update from both those organisations, Far County, Wexford. It could be tomorrow before we get the update as things unfold. As it now stands, Ger, what's your understanding of the situation within the hospital? Can you Can you shed any light on it? The hospital is, is extremely busy. Uh, I think uh, the day before yesterday, I had somewhere around 70 staff out with, with COVID-related issues. Uh, we're, we're in a similar position here. 
I suppose just to put it into context, uh, we have a four-stage model. Uh, the National Armament Service is currently at capacity level three. Capacity level four will see the defence forces, private ambulances, etc., brought in, in to, to support the front line. So that I suppose if you take a, a snapshot of where we are, that kind of uh, brings a context to, to the position that the health service finds itself in. So I mean, uh, as, as where possible to, to help us alleviate the pressure in a dire emergency contact, make contact with the National Ambulance Service or indeed the Emergency Department of Extra General. Thank you for taking our call to you and your fellow paramedics. Stay safe and uh, we'll be in touch again. Thank you for talking to us this morning. Good morning to you. That was independent councillor and paramedic focusing very much in on the the pressure of the ambulance service this morning, uh, councillor Ger Carty. Southeast Radio's morning mix. Chat, news, and your views.